What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell, and I'm here in the studio with a brand new intro and the same old guy, one of them anyway, and we got one filler in her. I got old reliable Mr. Ryan Chadborn with me. How we doing, everybody? How we doing, everybody? And we got Noah Bloomberg from Intiot River Forge in the house. The king of the mustache. Mr. Mustache himself. Mr. Mustache, that's me. (laughs) What's going on, homie? Oh, not a whole lot. I uh, just been finishing up my uh, Gentry Custom Knives build-along challenge knife and trying to get some other orders done and stuff, but other than that, it's been pretty chill around here. Well, cool, man. Cool. So you're out in Washington, right? Yes, sir. Central Washington. Okay. This morning when we talked, you said Washington, and it took me a second. Washington State or Washington Swamp. So <laughs> I couldn't figure out which time zone you were talking about to start with. But thanks for being yeah. on. It was a last-minute deal, man. I know we talked about it, shit, what, six months ago, maybe getting you on here? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I kind of forgot about it, actually. But, yeah, <laughs> so it was cool we. to come on and fill in. Well, we're happy to have you, man. Well, thank you. Well, yes. Let me uh, start off by saying, if you are not a fan of the Work For It podcast, yours truly was a guest star last week. And I feel kind of Yes, you were. Yeah, dude. They named the episode after me. That was a good episode, too. Yeah, thanks, man. It was really fun. It was cool. I remember probably a little over a year ago, uh, way back when it was Trent and Sarah on there with Brian House, I got a shout out on that show. And I was out on a road trip driving, and I heard my name. And I was like, what in the hell? So I paused it and turned it back. I bet I listened to it ten times. I'm like, holy shit, they said my name. <laughs> and then, you know, a year later, come full circle, I'm on there with my name on the description, man. It's pretty cool feeling. Oh, uh, for sure. Well, that's yeah, a I've super got- awesome podcast anyway. If you ain't heard of it, go back there and listen to it and check out their old episodes. They're all good. Yeah. Brian House is a super cool guy, and that that podcast is always just a super positive you know, listen, and it's always a good filler in the middle of the you know right in the middle of the week to sort of keep you going. You know, it's it's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, I've gotten away from listening to a lot of podcasts because they're just soaked with bullshit nowadays. But uh, Workforce is definitely a good one, and obviously the flea bag infested uh, hustle and grind podcast is uh, one of my Wait, favorites that- as well. Does that make me a flea bag now? It does. Congratulations. <sighs> you made it to the big leagues. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> Getting itchier by the minute. There uh-huh. you go. Well, we're not going to do this thing as far as all that. You know, how'd you get started? Where you're from? How you been? How's your mom and them? You know, because that's generic. We're just going to sit here and shoot the shit for an hour or so and have a good time. Sounds good to me. So let's talk about this uh, custom build off. Both of you guys are involved in it, right? Uh, yeah, I failed. Oh, you already failed? Well, no, it's not going to be done by the deadline. So, uh, okay, I got you. 
Yeah. That sucks, man. The one you were working on looked pretty cool. I love that you're doing an integral with it. I was on schedule and then I got like three or four orders all paid in full. So Uh-oh. I was like, I was like, shit, I gotta, I gotta switch gears here. And I'm switch, uh, not to like throw excuse after excuse after excuse, but I'm also switching jobs. So there's a lot of like moving my tools back and forth right at the deadline. And I'm just not going to hit it. It's not possible. Sounds like a bunch of excuses to me. Yeah. A bunch I'm of bullshit, but it's cool. It's fine. <laughs> More prizes for everybody else. Well, you had your integral going. Was that a mono steel blade? No, that was um, uh, 1084-52-100 ball bearing Damascus from old Timber Tiger. That's right. That's right. The Tiger King sent you some some steel. Man, that would have been cool. Yeah. I thought about getting in on it, man, but I looked at the level of people that are involved in this thing. And there's no shot for a mono steel blade to win. You know what I mean? It's just there's not enough that you can do with, you know, you've got the template. So everybody's knife is identical. There's mm-hmm. only so much you can do with a handle. You know what I mean? Right. It's going to have to be some type of wild Damascus. And I don't make Damascus. So I just kind of bowed out of that one. There's a lot of wild Damascus too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Copper layered friggin' wrought iron cumai, like yeah, yeah. There's a couple of guys that did the the copper Damascus that turned out pretty cool knives, and most of them I hadn't even heard of before. Um, so that was kind of cool. I got a couple of new people to follow just off of that, and this one guy made a freaking folder out of it, and oh, wow. he did this um, like brass hand uh, engraved design all over the whole scales and everything. Freaking amazing! And I, I saw that's from Maine. Is he? I saw I that, and so. I was like, eh, "Whatever. All right, I'll start. I'll still turn in my knife." But <laughs> is there really a point? Well, what, tell my us about yours, Noah. Which direction were you going with it? So, initially, my thought was is I want to do like a stainless sand my over over some sort of Damascus. Um, but I built, I did like a little uh, like a video series in my reels about kind of going through and designing everything. And I actually made three separate blades and just trying different patterns that I wanted to try. And the stainless one didn't end up working out. So the one that I put out is sort of a, sort of my first kind of mosaic design Damascus that I've ever done. And so it turned out pretty good. And, uh, I put together some segmented scales and it was a lot of fun to build it. Mostly the, the coolest thing for me was just being able to try things that I'd never tried before. Right. So it just kind of gave me the freedom to do that within a set amount of boundaries, which is obviously the, the knife that it was. So, so the only rules really were the shape, right? Just, you as had to go as, off of that template. I think so. Yeah. Um, so I know that there was a couple of people that were doing the integrals. There's only one guy that I know of that did the folder and, I could have come out with something like way out of the box or something like that, but I just figured try some different Damascus patterns and see what I can do. I had a really cool idea when it first started, but like I said, whenever I started looking at it, there was no chance in hell. So I just kind of never started. But uh, my idea, what I was thinking about doing is making two of them and making a Kydex belt buckle and having them at a cross draw, like an X right on your belt. But actually making it a belt buckle, so you draw them out like some damn what's that? Uh, what's that? Not the cartoon guy, John Wick. 
No, that's a real dude. Uh, he's like a Batman type of guy, but he's got the knives. Deadpool? Maybe. I don't know. Riddick? I watch some things. <laughs> I shouldn't have Vin even Diesel? brought that up. I wouldn't know if you did tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a freaking cool idea. Why didn't you do that? Well, it's just that's all it was was an idea. It never went any further than that. But it was going to actually be a functional belt buckle and uh, just have a, a sheath kind of integrated into it in a cross draw. Snatch them on out of there and cut somebody. Or something, Damn. not somebody. We don't cut bodies, just things. Yeah. Right. Cut open some Amazon boxes. That's what we do. Well, now you need to do that with some of those finger bangers you got. Oh, dude, I know. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I've been working for so long trying to come up with a cool sheath design for those finger bangers. And I've got it down now for just a pocket sheath. And that's all it is. You throw, it at the, throw the whole thing in your pocket. It's small enough. Oh. You know, it's it just fits right there in your pocket. But... To actually clip wear it? on it? No, there's no clip. Yeah. It just goes in your pocket. But the thing is, it's so little. Even with a tiny Ulta clip, there it's just no, there's nowhere to mount it without making the sheath just huge. And that kind of takes away the whole aspect of it being something small and compact. Right. So, I don't know. It is what it is for now. I might come up with something cool down the road, but for now, I mean, it's already cool, but, you know, maybe it'll get cooler. Now, are those small enough to where you could do, like, a little neck holster or something like that? Yeah, I can do uh, neck holsters with them. And essentially all that is is instead of using a number six eyelet on the very bottom, I just use the number eight. You know, it's where you can put the paracord through it because it's got plenty of retention. It's mm-hmm. not going to fall out. And um, just put a piece of paracord on it, and now it's a neck holster. That's really the only the only difference. Am I the only one that just heard that, like, magical jingle in his headphones? Nope. You heard some magic? Yeah. It was like a ding, 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 ding. Weird. Wasn't me. I didn't hear shit. That's fucking weird. That is weird. I closed out all the other programs on my computer, so it couldn't have been me. That, right there. You didn't hear that? I don't hear anything, dude. You're messing with me. He's messing with you. No, I'm serious. I don't hear a thing in the world. I see you messing with your phone right on the camera. Phone's way over here. Whatever that thing is. (laughs) (laughs) He's gaslighting you. He's trying to make you think that you're crazy. Was it that noise? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was me. (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) I didn't hear it the first three times, though. I really didn't. Oh, weird. But, uh, yeah, I looked down and that button was lit up. But anyway, um, yeah, Ryan, you're still crazy. And, uh, thanks, buddy. (laughs) Noah still looks like a cop. I don't think I've ever seen a cop with the, the, the waxed mustache. I mean, I've seen like the, you know, regular one, but. Well, when I first started calling you a cop, I don't think you were at the point where you could curl the ends yet. Oh, okay. I think it was just re- regular old seventies porn stash, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, aside from moving jobs and getting all that kind of stuff going, have you got any kind of fun stuff going on in your life? You know, it ain't necessarily gotta be the shop, but anything cool happened this past week since we talked last time? No, I don't do anything, man. Okay. <laughs> I go well, to I on. go to work and then I come home and I work. <laughs> I ate some Chinese food the other day. It was pretty good. Oh, yeah, me too. I had that shit two days mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about uh, the price difference between Southern American Chinese food and 
northeastern Chinese food. Because, like, the we so me and my wife ate, I got a meal, she got a large thing of rice, and we got a poo poo platter for one, and it was like 52 bucks. Holy hell. Jason sent me a picture of this styrofoam fast food container or whatever packed to the brim. You couldn't fit another piece of food in that. And he's like, yeah, that was like 13 bucks. The way we do it, a lot of times, like if Katie has to work late, I'll call in some Chinese. And then, you know, I got to tell them what I want, the, the platters, each little dish. And it can get sort of pricey. It's usually 35 to 40 bucks. But if we go up there to the buffet, and just get the, the takeout container, you know, the styrofoam thing. You can pack it until you can't pack it no more. You know what I mean? Oh, see, the buffets here won't let you do that. Oh, dude, they charge you, I believe it's eleven ninety nine up to four pounds. Four pounds is an ass load of Chinese food. Yeah. And uh, after that, it goes up like a dollar per pound. So, I went in one time with my buddies. We had a little bit. We were feeling good, you know. And so we start packing full like you do on the thing. And the lady comes up to me and she goes, it's all you can eat. Not all we have. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. All right. All right. I can like, eat get on you. <laughs> now, it was, last time we went up there, I was just messing with the girl, a little Chinese girl that does the register. And I have, we go up there every couple of weeks. So they don't know us, but you know, I'm kind of a loud dude at times. So wherever I'm at, I'm generally noticed. And uh, so they kind of know when they come in or when I come in and they see me, I'm going to crack some jokes or whatever. But we got time to pay, and my, my shit is right at four pounds every time. I had had to pay that extra dollar a time or two. But she put it on the scale, and it's, you know, a typical meat market type scale. She put it on there, and it was like 0.6 pounds. And she picked it up and put it back down, and she couldn't figure out. She was looking all around going crazy. I stuck my finger in between the top of the scale and like the scale body to where it couldn't go down anymore. <laughs> and she finally looked around the edge and she saw my finger in there. I wasn't trying to hide it. You know, I made it plain as day to make the joke. She saw my finger in there and she reached around the plastic and over my food container and she popped the top of my hand and she said, you can't do that. That's Chinese cheating. <laughs> Not just regular cheating. Chinese, Chinese cheating. cheating. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of Chinese food places around here. Some of them are really, really good, and some of them are really, really not good. Yeah. Most of the ones around here are pretty good. There are some, like, built into the side of a gas station that are pretty just gross. You wouldn't want to eat nothing to come out of there. Yeah. But for the most part, we have a, a healthy Chinese economy here. Yeah, we've got a relationship with the one close to our house. My wife actually used to work for her in high school. And uh, we always will, like, order food, and my wife will go pick it up. And she'll go, your husband eat a lot. So this is too much for two people. <laughs> She's a riot. Well, Chinese food is made to be eaten days on end. You're never supposed to finish it all at dinner time. You're not? I don't. Oh. Of course, I, I buy mine differently than you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think we have a single Chinese place around here. What? Oh, man, that's sad. Dude, you're missing out, bro. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. It's okay. <laughs> I'll send you some. <laughs> I've never been a big Chinese food fan, I got to say. Know. You ain't I don't know how good it'll be by the time it gets there, but. Right. 
pack. I mean, I guess we, we got a Panda Express. So I mean, there's that. Oh, that doesn't. I've never count eaten at all. that Panda Express. It's when not I lived great. In, when I lived in California, there was no good Chinese food places. But like well, Mexican food, I was about to is say, the best the Mexican, Mexican food I've ever had in my about. life. You buy it out of the back of a truck. I'd rather eat like food truck Mexican food than sit down at a restaurant any day. That is one thing that we have plenty of. We have more Mexican food restaurants than anything else, and some of them are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, that does it, boys. I'm going out to eat Mexican tonight. Dude, we got a couple places. We actually have a couple of uh, Salvadorian places, and those places have, like, the best street tacos I've ever had in my life. They're, like, fancy street tacos. You know, normally you get a street taco, it's – Two corn tortillas. You got some meat, some cilantro, some uh, onions, and like that's pretty much it. These suckers have like full slices of avocado and all oh. kinds of other stuff on there, and delicious. Not a fan of avocados. I love avocado. Dude, Whoa. avocados are fantastic. Looks like mm-hmm. baby shit. I'll put it on sandwiches instead of mayo. Oh, but. We got some nice hole-in-the-wall Thai food restaurants around here. Ooh, I do love Thai food. I got to say yeah. that. Yeah, Thai food's really good. So I like Pad Thai. I don't like tofu unless it's in Pad Thai because they, they pan fry it, and it's, it tastes like scrambled eggs. Hmm. But I actually had a, uh, a Thai chicken pizza just last night. What and was that it tied was, to? What's that? What was it tied to? Uh, it, was, oh. it was tied to a pub that I was at. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. All right. Well, boys, last week we uh, we kind of went out on a limb, didn't we, Ryan? And we got a little carried away. Just a little oh, yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. The response that I've gotten from that episode has been unreal. We got done with that episode, and the three of us were like, what the fuck did we just record? Yeah. Jesus I Christ. And then just like, damn. Yeah. I was in the shop later that night, and I'm like, oh, that was such a mistake. But. And then we listened back to it after it aired, and I was like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And we got a lot of positive messages from that, too. People saying mm-hmm. it's the best show we've ever recorded. So I don't know why they thought that, but thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you because we were very nervous about that one coming out. We are like, and we've talked about like knives with dicks for handles. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, we've t- we pretty much covered it all, like cougar hunting, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And that one episode, we were all like, oh, oh, no. But worked out pretty good. It did. It did. Well, like you were saying, you know, you, you stayed pretty uh, pretty middle of the road on it, you know, especially you, Ryan, seemed like you really took a, um, a intentionally middle of the road path on the things that you were discussing and try to just talk about things in a normal how it relates to you sort of a, a way and a logical perspective. Yeah, exactly. I, I would say, yeah, I, I'm so for clarity, I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I'm, I would consider myself like a center right leaning libertarian. I don't, I don't think that the government should have the right to force you to do anything. And I don't think that they should have the right to take anything away from you. That being said, as long as you aren't harming other people, you know what I mean? If, sure. if 
Just like uh, pretty much like a leave me the fuck alone. I'll leave you the fuck alone kind of attitude. I just want to be left alone. I want to smoke weed at my gay friend's weddings. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. There you have it. Yeah. Classic libertarian. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was a lesbian. Uh, I, I generally just keep my politics completely away from anything that has to do with my my knife business. Um, not that I really think that it would affect it too much. It's just sort of like I've always just thought, you know, I, I've always had really strong political opinions, and I've always shared those online quite a lot um, on you know my personal Facebook or whatever the case is. Um, but lately, I've just gotten kind of kind of tired of it, and so I just sort of. Leave all that stuff aside when it comes to it. You kind of have to because it doesn't matter which perspective you have. If you have one perspective, the other side's going to label you, shame you, and attack you. It doesn't matter what your perspective is. It's that divisiveness that's ridiculous. It's you know, like look at uh, look at um, Justin Lemaru and uh, Lando Novak from Ford Side Chat. They have completely opposite political perspectives, but they're best friends. And they remain best friends. And that's they how it should be. Yeah, they don't argue about it. They, that's how it should be. You know, I don't always agree with stuff that Justin Orlando say, but I'm not going to be like, you're an idiot, you're a bigot, you're a retard. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to attack them and, like, try and defame their character over it. That's just petty and childish. It's dumb. Yeah. And I think I think everybody's over it. Everybody. I think that's the case. I think everybody is really, really tired of the the fighting. And, uh, and and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, that was the point of, you know, having sort of a, a free speech uh, society is where you, you're able to have these different opinions and and still have some sort of common denominator. You know, we're, we're all still human. We're all still Americans, you know, and as long as we don't lose that sort of common denominator, you know, then – we should be able to put some of those other differences aside. Yeah. As long as you're not like hating anybody, you know what I mean? You're not like trying to harm anyone because of your views. Then who gives a shit what you think, you know, other than yourself, why, you know, there's, there's like things that I don't know how to explain it, but like, you know, I'm sure there's things that I think or agree with or disagree with that, people on both sides would disagree with or agree with, you know, being that I'm like more in the middle. Um, I have a hard time. It's the tribalism. I have a hard time with tribalism. I like being by myself. I work alone. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, I don't like that group think mentality, you know, which, which I think the whole world is, is wrapped up in right now. You know, yeah, which is weird because we're we've never been more connected than in any point in history than we are right now. You know, 50 years ago, there's no way that the three of us would have ever been able to connect through what we do. No, we wouldn't know who the hell each other are. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not we're, a chance. We're literally in opposite corners of the country. I mean, we couldn't get further away. <laughs> I mean, if you, put, if you built wow, a square right. on the U.S., you know, we got three out of four corners locked. We need somebody in L.A. No, we don't. No. <laughs> no, we all we can all agree on that. No, we don't. 
it's like the third time that I've realized <laughs> that my head motions aren't making it into the podcast. I'm going to have to make a, a very specific uh, effort here to, to say words instead of just shaking my head. Yeah. When yeah. I was a kid and I'd shake yeah, my head, don't. my dad always told me, I can't hear the rocks in your brain rattling. We've, we've joked about uh, doing episodes with video, but... Maybe Jason we'll, usually has a bag of chips, and dude, I am missing my bag of chips right now. Like, I keep looking up at this camera; I can see my truck out there. Like I can get there and back pretty fast. Like while you guys chit chat, can't believe I ain't got no chips. But pickle, like pickles, kitchen. If you could see the video from when pickles on, he has like really deep yellow lighting in his kitchen, almost like he's in like a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. So that like the video wouldn't translate over, and mine keeps fucking up. I guess on my end, anyways, I see it like flicker. Well, maybe one of these days we'll do like a Patreon only type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll make it a point to bring some things on the show and and show to each other. To where I mean, everybody knows what our ugly mugs look like, but you know, have something exclusive for the Patreon. But uh, maybe one day we'll have to figure out the logistics of that because that's kind of out of my wheelhouse. But what I do know how to do is read off our Patreons. The people who support our show for as little as a dollar a month, you can help be part of the Hustle and Grind clan and um, help us offset some of the studio costs. We got all the equipment that we need. We have, you know, professional studio quality equipment. We're not trying to buy new stuff, but in order to use all this equipment, we got to pay for it. And by we, I mean me. So uh, help a brother out. And the people who have done that, I'll start from the old school. Is Donnie Dulovich, knifematerial.at, Jason Moss at Aru Blade Works. By the way, he was the man jamming the intro song, shredding it up for us today. Uh, Mr. Brigham Kendall. Noah, watch out. He's coming for you on the mustache game, dude. Um, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerf, Richard Beck. I had a good conversation with Richard yesterday about some uh, – Forge burners. Uh, Todd Harrington at the T family. He is our all star biggest contributor on the Patreon list. Mr. Dennis Tyrell, Brad Troxclair, Zachary Sowell, Knife uh, Maritime Knife and Driver Defense Knives. Every one of these people have taken a second out of their day and went to patreon.com slash hustle and grind and uh, clicked on some buttons to give us a dollar of their hard on money. Hard earned money. I, I, why do y'all go pay me to talk for? I can't talk. But uh, we appreciate it all. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. <laughs> what I are was, you drinking? Huh? Is that one of them twist top monsters? No, it's uh, a, a Schlitz malt liquor. <laughs> the old Schlitz malt liquor. Yeah, dude, it's the monster. It's the monster Gross. mega monster. So this morning, uh, Katie had to go to work at five thirty a.m. So uh, she took the vehicle, you know, and being poor white trash as I am, <laughs> only one vehicle in the house at the time. I woke up and was not able to go out and fetch my normal routine caffeine fix for the morning. I hate coffee, so by the time I finally got her truck back home and then got in it to go, I needed the big one. You hate coffee. That's terrible. Man. I hate coffee, dude. Yeah. 
the energy drinks, man. That's where it's at. Get y'all jacked up. We call it getting a little rattlesnakey at work. That'll work. Yeah. I used get to drink little, way too many of them fucking things. You get you get at least one of those energy drinks in you, a little bit of nicotine, you start to get a little rattlesnakey. Mm-hmm. Getting a little, <laughs> little 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 shaky, little uh little rattly. Yeah. It's, I think it's more of a habit than anything for me, you know, just waking up in the morning, getting that taste, that initial little caffeine bump. Because throughout the rest of the day, I don't drink caffeine. I drink almost exclusively water. I do carry around the little Mio packets, you know, the little squeeze bottles. Yeah, I, what, what, did you, what did you call those the other day on the, the live stream? Yeah, I call them my water seasonings. Water seasonings, yeah. Yeah, so I got all kind of different flavors of those. <laughs> the, uh, Akai, Akai, I think is how you say it. Berry is my favorite. Anything pomegranate, those are pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, since I quit drinking on the podcast, I'm up here with, like, juice and tater chips now instead of just sitting up here with a six-pack getting rocked at 3 o'clock in the fucking afternoon like, <laughs> like a damn idiot. But, having, to, having to drive yourself home afterwards. Yeah, dude. But, man, I tell you what, I'm, I feel good. I feel so much better over the past few weeks. I feel better than I have in years. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's really cool. Every so often I have to taper off the drinking a little bit, but mostly I just have to, I just drink in the evenings to sort of chill myself out, you know? Well, that was my uh, logic as well. You know, I just, I'm just going to drink a couple at night. Well, when it becomes every night and a couple's a 30 pack, it's time to step back and reevaluate your life. Yeah, you have a couple fifteen. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think I've ever drank a thirty pack in a night. I gotta say that. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just time. You know, I'm getting older, and uh, my health. What I thought was going downhill, but I actually went for my checkup a couple days ago, and it was so good this time that when I go back in three months to do more blood work and stuff, and there's a real strong chance that I might be starting to get taken off of some of my medicines. So I'm real excited about that. It's not a good feeling being under 40 years old, having to take two blood pressure pills and cholesterol medicine and all this other shit, you know, just to, just to go through your day. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was one, six pills every morning. How many do you take? Seven. Seven, yeah. yeah. One up on you. <laughs> None for my heart or nothing. That'd be scary, man. But, like, I get gout and shit, and it's, like, yeah. the worst thing ever when it happens, so. I've had it twice, dude. And we've been trying was, to, oh. yeah, we've been trying to figure it out for four or five years now, why I get it. And we're still no closer, but we have found medicine that at least helps, so. Them little tiny green pills? Nope. Um, they got me on this stuff called uh, Probenicid. And it's like it increases your kidney function. Oh, okay, so it's so, just like a preventative thing you take daily. Yeah, I take two a day. Oh, okay, and then I take a, uh, I take something for like acid reflux, so I don't get heartburn all the time, and an anxiety pill, and a prednisone for my joints, and some uh, acetaminophen. Yeah, they got me on a nice little cocktail. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's quite the buffet. But, well, I told him, I said, I'm the only income for the family. You know what I mean? And I'm a fucking straight up workaholic. I can't stop. Right. So even, even when I'm hurt, I'll still push myself and it's not good. Yeah. It's not like if I have a gout flare, I'll try and walk it off. It's not a good well, idea. It's not going to work. It's dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what about you, Noah? You look like a young buck. How old are you? 
32, I think. Okay. So, yeah, you're starting to dry up behind the ears. Yep, I'm getting there. <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, not really uh, in perfect health or anything like that, but, you know, I, uh, my head exploded one time, so I've got that. Um, what? Did it grow back? <laughs> well, through a couple of surgeries, yeah. <laughs> Would you get a shot? No, my head just, uh, I, my brain just started bleeding one time um, at a concert I was at. So, um, nope, Jason's gone. Or maybe just his videos. Um, yeah, his camera cut off. I'm Keep here. going. We can still hear him, though. All right. Do you want, like, the story? Because, I mean, I can talk for a while. I mean, but mostly it's just a. Do it up or 35 minutes in. We got 35 minutes kill. in. All right. So, yeah, so I was at a concert when I was 18. Uh, it was an outdoor concert um, for a band called Skillet. They're sort of a Christian rock heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. And I was right up front, and uh, it felt like I got shot in the back of the head. And I just kind of, like, doubled over a little bit, and I was like, man, that was weird. I've never felt anything like that before in my life. And I was like, yeah, it'll go away. <clears throat> and so I stood there, uh, like right up front in the pit, you know, and uh, it didn't go away. So I actually could feel like the little, what felt like little fingers of pain moving from the back of my head to the front of my head. And then all of a sudden it started affecting my vision. <clears throat> and so I got out of there and found my sister and uh, grace to God that I found my sister. Cause I mean, it was out, outdoor concert, dark, um, yeah, couldn't see, so that was weird. Um, but yeah, and then they just had to uh, airlift me to Harborview, which is the kind of the main hospital out in Seattle that does more of the intense trauma type things around here. And uh, spent a few weeks out there, and that was not the greatest experience, I would say. But, yeah, they had to cut the back of my head open, and uh, it's about a 12-hour surgery to fix that up. So, and, yeah, anyways, so, and then after that, my the back of my head started swelling up, which is from something called hydrocephalus, uh, which is basically your brain fluid is escaping outside of your head. Have you guys ever had a concussion? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... When your brain hits the inside of your skull, obviously that's a bad thing. Um, so you got all that fluid in there to keep it afloat. Well, after my surgery, that all started leaking out in the back of my head. So they had to put a valve in my back to sort of drain that out. Well, after they did that, it started draining too much. So then my brain's just kind of like sitting on the inside of my skull, which is, uh, I've never really found a way to describe it, but we'll just like, just say like crippling pain, like the kind of pain where like if you move at all, you can feel your brain just like hitting the inside of your skull. So it's just like a constant concussion sort of a feeling. Damn. So I had that for a couple of months while they were figuring out the whole valve thing. Eventually they had to swap it out um, for a different one. So it was a, it was a few surgeries all told. Um, and now I've got a valve in the back. Just oh, to, it's, it's still in there. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, shit. 
Yeah, so there's a valve in my back that just constantly drains uh, CSF from my spinal cord into my stomach cavity where it gets absorbed and then reproduced. So, Damn. Yeah, wow. anytime, I, anytime I go to the doctor or anything like that, they look at my wreck and they're like, so tell me about this. And they get all interested in everything. And, oh, yeah. And then, and then what happened? It's like, that's not what I'm here for. It sounds like it's probably a rare case. Fairly, yeah. Um, basically, they said that it was probably just a birth defect, um, just a, a tangled mass of veins or whatever it was. Um, they, they called it a cavernous malformation. Hmm. Huh. So your mom really did drop you on your head one too many times. I did fall out of a shopping cart once, apparently. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah. That makes me feel better about having gout. Right. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, that's that's pretty damn intense. Brain shit's no joke. Um, my wife's cousin, uh, I know her husband through my work, and it's just kind of a weird coincidence that his wife is my wife's cousin. Um, but he was pulling like a broken branch out of a tree with a four-wheeler with a chain. And yeah. And the chain let go of the branch and brained him right in their front yard. Like his wife was like scooping up pieces of his brain and like he functions, but you can tell like there's damage there. You know what I mean? Like he repeats himself a lot. He's like, okay, okay, okay. But he's a super awesome guy. I'm not, I'm not shitting on him. He's great. Um, (laughs) and it's a legit miracle that he survived. Um, it's not brain stuff's no joke. Brained him. I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> what? Did I say brained him? Just fucking yeah. brained him, dude, right there in the yard. Oh, in case listeners haven't figured out, uh, my mouth works without my brain. So it just it comes out. Uh, I just don't. <laughs> it just happens. Fucking brained him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have that same issue. I think it's just an ADHD trait where there's just a disconnect there. Yeah, I'm just a blah, 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 blah. oh shit. What did I say? Oh no, yeah. I can't take it back. <laughs> it's a problem. I know. Just imagine how nervous I am right now on a podcast. I've never been on a podcast before, and and I don't really know how to talk to people. So this is kind of a. You're doing great, man. Yeah, you're doing, doing better than we fine. do most weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. There's times where we don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I listen anyways. I, I listen every week. So well, we appreciate fine. that. We appreciate it. Yeah. So that makes three listeners that we have (laughs) i'm really bad about it for being on a podcast too i only listen to us and uh work for it to hope that i get shouted out that's about the only two i listen to now axe and iron i do love the shit out of axe and iron but they're they're not on any kind of real schedule they might put out six of them in a month's time and then go two months without one but that's oh yeah that's a really good podcast really good I'll have to check them out. Yeah, and yeah if you, you had one of the guys on the podcast earlier on. Yeah, Roy Scott was on. Yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah, that was he was actually the first guest. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the first episode was me. He was the first guest. Need to get his ass back on here because that was like I was so nervous back then. You know what I mean? I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not nervous anymore. No, you're just comfortable with yeah. that now. Yeah. Because, I mean, at first, man, there's so much equipment in here that's right in front of me right now. I didn't know what to do. I was scared to death. I'd hit the wrong button or whatever. Now I can I can do it, you know, so I'm not worried about anything. But, yeah, he had a 
well, him and Chris Cash, the other host of the show, had Tommy Matthews on for the second time. And that was one jam-up episode. If you don't know Tommy Matthews, he's going through cancer and big-time fight of his life right now and kicking ass. But he really broke down everything that's been going on in the last episode. Right, yeah, this guy from uh, Cricket River Forge, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been friends with Tommy for four or five years now. And... uh You've had him on the show before, haven't you? Yeah, he's been on two or three times. I thought it was been twice, yeah, if I yeah. remember correctly. Because yeah, unlike Ryan, I, I have listened to the earlier episodes. <laughs> Ryan's a dick. But, uh, Sorry. Yeah, thank you for your continued support, Noah. Absolutely. I, I would be a, <laughs> I, I, w- I would be on your, your Patreon list if I could ever remember to actually do it. No, you're good, dude. But that's uh, every every episode. and it, Well, it took me forever to just... Because when I'm at work, I have to be listening to something because I can't focus. So I've always got at least one earbud in, and I'm listening to some podcast, whether it's it's this one or I, I listen to a bunch of different ones. I love historical podcasts, honestly. <clears throat> you learn a lot, and they're entertaining to keep you keep your brain moving while you're working and stuff. Um, I, I don't remember where I was going with that, and that's. That's what I'm talking about with that lack of focus thing. Well, speaking of keeping your brain moving, that facial expression that Ryan was just making while he was fumbling his headphones, it looked like one of those like gorillas that just found a rock that kind of might look like it has a face in it. He's just <laughs> flipping it all around like, hmm, what is this? <laughs> Dude, I don't know what happened. My headphone got all flipped around, and I couldn't figure it out. I got it, though. Don't worry. Oh, hey, good. it's all right, man. Headphones can be confusing. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. can. I build complex machines every day, but, you know, my headphones get the better of me. I need to get some yeah. new headphones. I've got the Isotunes. Uh, I think they're called the Ultralights. And they're really good. They're actually really awesome if you wear both of them. But you can't wear just one at a time. Yeah. Because they go around your neck, like, with a wire. Yeah. So if you're only wearing one, it's constantly pulling on you. So if anybody from Isotunes is listening to the podcast, I could use a you know a research pair. You know, if you want to send me something to kind of review and cough cough talk about, you know, just hit me <laughs> up, JK Blades on Instagram. I just ordered a set of Skull Candy earbuds last night, like the totally wireless little earbuds. Because um, starting the new job, the parts guy's like an old man, and I don't think he's gonna like my music. Probably so not. I was like, I'll just throw in an earbud, and I like it loud. So, well, I had some of the Apple ones, the uh, AirPods, mm-hmm. but the little pecker thing that hangs out of your ear and just dangles down—it just got in the way of everything. Like you know, pulling my apron on and off, my straps were hitting it, mm-hmm. and then like my respirator, putting that over my head, and they were constantly falling out. And if they fall out and hit the ground, well, now you got metal shards all over the place because the speaker and it has a magnet so it's just so oh, yeah those are good for your it. ears though yeah yeah real good <laughs> a little extra I'm iron not. in your diet i'm too cheap to buy them fuckers oh i, I just them. got a cheap set off of amazon that are sort of that same style and i just have one of those in and it's nice because i can you tap i don't know if the apple ones are like this but you tap them and you can pause mm-hmm. oh, I'll, cool. I'll always be like listening to a podcast or something and somebody will come up wanting to talk to me and it's like can't you see I'm busy? But you can just <laughs> yeah. tap and pause. That's nice. So, Noah, you're a mechanic too, right? I am, yeah. Um, what's your uh, favorite brand of overpriced hand tools? 
my favorite brand of over. I imagine you guys have the sales trucks that come to your shop. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> See, my problem is, is that I don't really, and this is something that gets talked a lot about in like maker circles and stuff. Is is you're you're buying from people, not necessarily you're buying products, and. My favorite tool truck is the one that has the least douchey guy on that truck at that point in time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I tell you what, tool truck guys are either really cool or they're just annoying as all get out and pushy and trying to sell you stuff. And um, as far as quality of tools, I got to say Snap-on's probably the best. You know, there's not really too many other places that make tools to that high quality Matco is good. Um, I have a Matco toolbox, but, um, a lot of their tools are just rebranded. I mean, you can find the same, same tools on the truck as you can find on Amazon with a different logo on it. And not, there's anything wrong with that. You know, if it's getting, you know, getting it for a reasonable price and you're, you're getting that lifetime warranty on it, which is really what the the main part of it is because you're going to break it, whatever it is, and you're going to need it replaced. So, and then I'm going to say something really unpopular right here. Is uh, I really love Harbor Freight because um, their quality in the last few years has gone up so dramatically. Definitely, and and their warranty on hand tools is just as good as anybody else's. And I can either wait a week right after I break something for the Snap-on guy to show up and replace it, or I can drive five minutes down the road and hand it to the guy behind the counter, and he'll hand me a new one. I was so. told Harbor Freight actually has trucks now. There's a Harbor Freight truck that comes out to places. I haven't seen one, so I could be totally wrong, but somebody had told me that. I thought um, I heard that too, but I haven't seen anything. That's something we that's only better have not find the JK Blake work. What was that, Jason? I said, that Harbor Freight guy better not find the JK Blades shop. <laughs> Man, I'll be broke Dangerous. quick. <laughs> I found out the other day that they have credit cards, and I was like, "Oh, that's yeah." I'm gonna not yeah. look into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, I, I stayed away from that one too. Yeah, we only have the Snap-on guy that comes to my work, and uh, he's—I don't know—he might hear this. No, probably nah. not. He's old. He's a douche. <laughs> he, he's like terrible, man. Like he yeah. ran over a guy's dog and was like, "Well." See you next week. <laughs> like drove no. away. Oh yeah. He yeah, he's he's hard to tolerate sometimes. Oh my gosh. That being said, he was like my father in law's best friend. So like like I know him. He knows my wife's family, you know what I mean? I went to school with his son, we're the same age, so um but like my tools, I have a mixture. I like my ratchets are snap on. I treated myself on my birthday, you know, because not everybody's going to buy a $140 ratchet unless you're doing it every single day. Um, but the all teeth my, on those things are fantastic. Yeah, when you need like an eighth or a sixteenth of an inch for the wrench to move, yep. snap-on's the way to go. Um, all my impact sockets are Harbor Freight, and I run the Milwaukee M18 mechanics line. Do you, you know, really? Yeah, my, my big Milwaukee gun's like 1,200 foot-pounds. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly I, I, what I use, man. Dude, best on the market, hands it, down. It really is. I, I I had the whole set, the Snap-on setup, because their electric stuff was pretty cutting edge when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I broke those things so many times, and the, he had to send them off to get them repaired. And 
I just got done with it. And so I sold them or traded them in or whatever. And I went full Milwaukee and I have not regretted it at all. Yeah. I have M12 and M18 because I work on little stuff and big, bigger stuff. Yeah. And the, I mean, the M12, I built my whole back deck with my M12 impact driver. You know, yep. uh, the only downfall to the M12 is the little batteries. Those are fucking trash. You might as well you get the deep, like the 6.0s or the 4.0s. Um, but I love Milwaukee tools. I'll never go back to another cordless tool. Yeah, it's not Milwaukee. Here. But those, I, go ahead. I even have the uh, the Milwaukee heated sweatshirt. Nice, nice. I've been wanting one. Dude, that thing's killer. Yeah. Yeah. All their cordless tools are top notch. And uh, so, like, like I was saying, the Harbor Freight impact sockets, I've beat the shit out of them with those Milwaukee guns. And I ha- I don't think I've broken a single Harbor Freight three-eighths or half-inch drive socket. I've got a couple of them in the larger sizes that don't get used as much. Um, most of my impact sockets are all Matco, and I have broken those. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, My, like, quarter-inch drive set and my 3 h drive set that's not impact are DeWalt. And for hand tools, I mean, I bought the kits four or five years ago, and I haven't had to replace anything. So Not bad. No. So it's, you know, 25 bucks for the whole quarter-inch DeWalt kit. Or if you were to buy that same kit on the Snap-on truck, it's a thousand bucks. I was gonna say three hundred, but okay, yeah, probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just my torque wrench on Snap-on was four hundred and eighty dollars, and I fucking hope my wife don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for four hundred eighty bucks, you got the digital one, right? No, that was the manual one, but I needed oh, one. No kidding. I needed one that went from low, low inch pounds up into high foot pounds. Dang. So they only make one wrench that's that like spectrum of poundage because I'm doing small engines and other stuff. So it's like I need both. Right. So instead of buying a thousand dollars for two wrenches, I bought just the one that does it all. But it's manual, so it's the click one. You know, you you're pulling your oh, yeah. click. Okay. Yeah. I have I had to buy three different ones, but that's just because I do such a wide range of different things, you know. So yeah, but I love those digital ones that have the the torque angle gauge because I mean everything that I work on has torque to yield fasteners, so it's always going to need an angle. And having that digital, I mean, it's almost essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you especially, yeah, because you're working on cars, and I'm working on like ch- everything from chainsaws up to big zero turn commercial mowers, you know. Yeah. Um. So. Same, but not same. Same, same, not same. But still same. But still same. I love that movie. I don't think I've even watched it all, but that quote gets thrown around at work quite a lot, so I I have it on. (laughs) That's such a good movie. What is it? The Interview with James Franco and Seth Rogen. Oh, that was so stupid. Dude, that movie was awesome. <laughs> was so they, go, dumb. they go to North Korea, and Kim Jong Un loves Katy Perry and margaritas. <laughs> they drive around in the old Soviet tank. That's a great movie. I was. I remember being excited to watch that just because of all the hype. You know, because oh, I mean? they were trying to. They were like threatening us over it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. But yeah, it was just pretty stupid. If I do yeah. remember correctly, didn't they hack Sony because Sony was the one who produced it? Something like that. I don't know. They hack they hack Sony and they released it anyways. So they were like, "Fuck you." 
what are you going to do? And, th- and nothing happened. I mean, movie's hilarious. It's a good one. It's on Netflix now, in case anybody listening wanted to watch it. It's a comedy. Don't watch it with kids around. Yeah. So what's up with your new uh, job change there, Ryan? Well, so like my father-in-law has like an automotive business. Well, he had. He passed away uh, two and a half, almost three years ago. And my sister-in-law took it over. They work on Subarus mainly, but they'll do any automotive work. Um, But they have, so they expanded the shop a while ago. So they got three big car bays out back. And then the original building had two bays in the front. And those two bays weren't being used, so we're going to take on small engines out of that bay and expand it out. So they'll be doing, I'll be on the small engine side, and they'll still be doing their automotive thing on the back of the building. Are you the only small engine guy that's going to be in there? Yeah, I'm the only one there that knows anything about it. Awesome. So you're like instantly the boss of your department. Yeah, kind of myself, kind of like I work for my sister-in-law technically, but it's close. It's, it's closer to being on my own than I am now. Well, you're the president of the small engines division. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah. (laughs) So, and uh, my, my, my sister-in-law, she's much, she's much more, generous to her employees and like I don't want to talk shit on my boss that I'm leaving because they were good to me you know and it is it was a good gig but when you're still struggling to get by and you're making five dollars less than what somebody in your field is supposed to be making and you're the highest paid employee they've ever had you know like I know that I'm not going to get up to the point that I need to be at and they've got camps and boats and fucking take vacations and all this shit. And, you know, we're barely buying food. So it's like, got to make changes, man. So they obviously have no intention on sharing the wealth. No, 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 no. They gave us raises this year. And uh, the it was it's a father and son. And the dad, like, made comments pretty much daily about the risk and we don't know the risk keep in mind they've been established for 45 years this is one of the biggest shops in the state right the, the risk is gone there's no risk um and then like the son's like I, we don't know where the money's going to come from to get you guys raises and then in that same breath he bought a pontoon boat wasn't like, that the same a- situation that had something to do with your christmas bonus you didn't get it because of a raise or something like, wasn't that you that told me something along those yeah, lines? Yeah. So like we get, so we get a, a bonus through our payroll every year of $1,500. But by the time we get it, it's like 11 because of taxes. And then we get a cash bonus for a hundred dollars for every year you've been there. That's pretty fucking good. It's not bad. Um, this year they didn't give us the cash bonus, but they didn't, give us a heads up that they weren't giving us the cash bonus. And you put a down payment on a pool for the family? Did I? Uh, well, I guess my bonus went to a windshield for a side-by-side, but... Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a joke for the uh, people that are familiar with... Vegas vacation, cr- right? Christ- Christmas vacation. Oh, yeah. No, that's, a, that's... I didn't get a Jelly of the Month Club bonus, but... Oh, bummer. Yeah. Well, me, yeah, I'm when it comes to money and stuff, 
<clears throat> and employers, I'm I'm the only income for my family. So I'm I'm like I'm gonna fucking say something. You know. Right. Like some people will just take it and not say anything and I'm not that guy and I was like, What's going on? He's like, I never said that and like I'm like, Are you retarded? Like if I <laughs> I'm not retarded. I remember I have you gave me last year, year before, year before, year before that. <laughs> so like how can you say that you that's not a thing? And I mean, we had already known at that point I was getting done. He didn't know. I've known since July. Um uh-huh. and I just I let him know at the first of the year, but it is what it is, and I don't want to sound petty, and I know it, it comes off that way sometimes, but it's like you can't get ahead relying on your boss's good goodwill, you know? I mean, yeah, they got, between the two of them, they have five houses in two states, if you count their camps. Holy shit. Good Lord. So. Wow. Yeah. I can understand why you would want to make a change then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, might as well. My sister-in-law drives like a 93 pickup. And she could she could buy any truck she wanted on the planet, but that's just not how they operate. My father in law was very frugal. Well, cool, that's good. And they're they're good to their people. Like her mechanic makes like thirty bucks an hour. Nice. Which for a mechanic's not bad. No, not at all. Not around here, especially. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> how how are your chips, Jason? Man, I love chips. I'm going to have to send you some more. I feel bad watching you eat Pringles and shit when you could be having them humpty dumpties. These are actually, I forgot to bring chips. So Katie always kind of keeps these on standby. They're the Lay's stacks, the baked Lay's or whatever. And uh, they'll do. They're no humpty dumpties, but they'll do. Yeah. But uh, well, what do you got going in your shop, Jason? I'm working on a new Forge right now actually worked on it a little bit before i come up here today i got all my orders last week finished and sent out so i'm all caught up nice i'm obviously still taking orders but i got so much going on with this other you know flipping this house and trying to make some money doing that right now i'm not really pushing hard like i normally would to try to get more orders so if they come in cool you know but if not that's kind of okay for right this minute but in the meantime, I'm using my little bit of downtime in the shop to try to build my new forge. And it's coming along pretty good. Got to get the refractory cement stuff, the, the wool coating. Right. And uh, I've never messed with that before, so that's going to be interesting. I just don't know how it's going to go on there and stick, like, vertically. Not you know well. what I mean? Like, all the way Did around. you get the rigidizer for your wool? I haven't got any of it yet. But, um, Don't put too much water in it is the uh, the biggest thing. So I was told it needs to be like toothpaste. Yeah. I think that's probably about right. I, I mixed mine a little bit thin when I did mine, and it was kind of a pain. It was a big mess that I made. And, and then there were spots of it that got too thin because I mixed it too thin, and I couldn't get enough coats on there to get it thick. And then, of course, you hit it with a piece of metal that you're sticking in there one time, and it breaks off. And yeah. I need to recoat mine. Yeah, I've I've been running the same forge for close to four years now, and it's never been coated, and I'm not dead yet. But I figure if I'm building a new one, might as well go about it the right way. Yeah. Yeah, your lung tumor is going to be our fourth host. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) You catch a lot of shit for that online. 
Oh, I know, dude. I yeah, I definitely do. But it's one of them things, you know. And what I don't understand is I've got a box of cable at the house. It's actually probably at least a good two foot cube. The box, two feet tall, two feet wide, two feet deep, and it says all the specs all over it. Not nowhere on it does it say coat or will cause cancer. It don't even say it'll cause cancer in California. Damn. So what Everything I, causes cancer in California. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't understand. I'm sure there's justice justification to it somewhere, but all the internet warriors that want to scream when a piece of cable has fire on it without refractory, it's like, oh, my God, you're so dumb, you're going to die. Like, where are they getting this information from? Is it just a rumor that got out of hand and everybody jumped on? Because I'm not personally seeing a warning. I don't know. That's just always what I've heard. Exactly. That's I what heard I'm that the the burners will blow the fiberglass dust into the air. Well, I mean, hell, my attic is slammed full of fiberglass dust. You know what I mean? Maybe you're immune now. Everybody's attic is if it's insulated. You built up your uh, natural immunity to the fiberglass. I make fiberglass my bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I go there in the attic and cut out lines of fiberglass. Dude, we bought this house a year ago and there's a crawl space up there and I'm like I don't want to go up there, man. I cut out lines of crawl space too. I ain't scared. Gross. There's nothing to be proud of, Jay. <laughs> uh, Damn, we've already so, been going in an hour. I got pissed off yesterday. Let me tell you all while I got pissed off yesterday. I got fired up. I'm talking about red hot mad. So yesterday, my beautiful bride was off work, and we did not have children this weekend. Now, this is a rare occasion where she's off and there's no kids around. So anybody that knows me knows that my weekend passion is going to the racetrack. Well, we had a big event going on at the racetrack, and we kind of contemplated whether we wanted to go or not because the name of the event was G-Body Gangsta Party. So that's not really our crowd. But G-Bodies are fast-ass cars. You know what I mean? G-Bodies are Fox Body Mustang, Monte Carlo, Caprice, Cutlass. You know, it's it's the frame. Um, most of them are either nitrous or twin turbo. We love fast cars. So we're like, fuck it, we'll go. Well, the track's only about a half hour away from the house. So we jumped in the car. We loaded everything up. The grill, the chairs, the coolers, everything. Went to the grocery store, got our food, drinks, ice, like ready to go. Drove down to the track. Took us right about a half hour to get there. And when we pulled in, the the line runs parallel to the drag strip. So it's at the, the shutdown end of the track. And the line was forever long. Usually it's not. You pull in and there's two or three cars ahead of you, maybe. It's probably 20 cars ahead of us. So we're like, damn, you know, it's going to be a good race. Started seeing all these badass cars coming down the strip because you could see them, you know, from the line. And then saw my Cadillac. I, I'm obsessed with fucking Cadillacs on the drag strip, dude. Like, that's my, it gives me the willies. I just love a Cadillac. But uh, started seeing all these fast cars. Finally got to the gate. Now, we've been going to the same track for years. I've been going since I was a kid. So, probably pushing 30 years at least. I've been going to the same track. It's 20 bucks a piece to get in. It's just what it is. Pulled up to the gate, and this woman walked up to the window like they always do, and she's like, just two? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, that'll be 100. 
I kind of laughed and went to hand her 40 bucks. She's like, no, it's 100 to get in. I was like, okay, yeah, right, come on. Apparently, someone had rented the whole entire track out to put on this gangster party and up the admission price to $50 a piece. Holy. Now, the event was all over the, the track's Facebook page, and there's no mention of price on it anywhere. But like I said, it's always 20 bucks to get in. Every now and then, if they have the pro mods out there, it'll be 25 You know, if it's like a real huge event. I mean, you talk about fucking mad. We turned around and just came on back home. I was so pissed. Like, we didn't, they only take cash, too. We didn't even have enough money to get in if we wanted to. You can't swipe a debit card. You know, we hit the ATM, got 60 bucks, 40 to get in, and then 20 if we want to, you know, grab a hamburger, some nachos or something. But we took plenty of food. We just don't like to be out there without a dime. But, yeah, that was a pisser. Big time. That's crazy. So if anybody out there is listening and you work for Middle Georgia Motorsports Park, you suck ball sacks. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking rude, guys. You could have put it on Facebook. I wouldn't have went, you know, because that's just too much money. We're going to the NASCAR race in March in Atlanta. At Atlanta Motor Speedway, the big dogs, you know, the cup race. It don't even cost that much to go there. And this is a damn drag strip out in the middle of the woods in Twigs County. Like Jeez. I never got NASCAR. The most I know about NASCAR is that South Park episode. Yeah, I never got South Park. I'm a grown man, never got into cartoons. Oh, dude. I'm a grown <laughs> man. I fucking love cartoons. Dude, it's We've been funny. over this. South Park it, is the best show ever made. It's funny how often your name comes up in our household now. When we're flipping through channels and like the family guy or that Bob's Burgers is on. We instantly flip it. We're like, fuck Dude. that shit. I'm like, you know, Ryan would love this. Does, <laughs> does at least one TV in my house playing Bob's Burgers at all time? I hate that shit. It is so ridiculous. Like a shit, you know, my wife wanted me. They have a cookbook, a Bob's Burgers cookbook, and it's all these different burgers you can make. And my wife wanted me to buy it for her. I said oh, no because I'm a bad husband, but. <sighs> Screw you, Dr. Patrick. Man. <laughs> yeah. Driving to the left. Yeah, we're gonna you know, track some specs and stuff, and then we're gonna go out there and turn left, and then we're gonna turn left again. <laughs> See, no one knows. That's yeah. <laughs> Cartman becomes a NASCAR driver because he thinks it's the easiest pro sport in the world. He's like, Danica Patrick, you stupid bitch, you just driving to the left. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not around anymore, so. Oh, is that the episode that he snorts Vagisil? What? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, sponsored, he's sponsored by Vagisil, and he snorts it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched that episode uh, in a long time, but I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Dude, South Park's the best show ever made. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> NASCAR is for the poor and the stupid. <laughs> stupid. Well, <laughs> speaking of poor and stupid NASCAR, the uh, the race at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California, started about forty minutes ago. So I should be home right about halfway through the race. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch the second half. You didn't miss anything. They were just turning left. Well, sometimes they turn right. There are a few road courses. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have seen a couple of those. I don't know. I've just never gotten into much motor racing or anything like that. If I'm at a bar and they've got like, um, oh, what's it called? They're like trophy trucks, but they race them. 
Um, pulling trucks. No. Like truck pulls? They do no, truck see, pulls around here. Okay, well, I, I go to truck pulls. Like, that's that's a, that's a sporting event I can get behind. But um, <laughs> I can't remember what they're, what they're uh, Stadium trucks. Yeah. Those are fun to watch. Like, I'm a I, fan I can of watch horsepower. that. I, just, I love horsepower. If it goes fast and it's loud, I'm all in. I love demolition derbies. Hell yeah. And I've been there, a couple of those. Around here, they do figure eight demolition derbies. Yeah. You can't go over 35 miles an hour, but you're driving a figure eight. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah, are pretty neat. Those will make you pucker up. I've always wanted to do one. I've thought about doing it a bunch. It's just the thing is, I mean, anybody can do it, right? All you got to do is put a car together. But when you're done, no matter how much money you spend on that car, your car's not going to work anymore. So all no. that money's just down the shitter. <clears throat> yeah, I used to work with a guy that was real big into racing locally, and he'd, he'd – He'd race in some of the local, he'd do the demo derbies, he'd do the bump to pass, and he'd do some of the other stuff. And every waking moment he wasn't at work, he was at home working on his race cars. Like, that was his life. Like, if you want to do it, you've got to commit, and that's it. Yep. Well, I actually dated a chick one time that was in a demolition derby, and she won. That's a bad mamma jamma there. Yeah, she was a bitch. she she was she was terrible she's one of them girls that would like nag at you for did you check that girl out yes i did yes i did is that okay (laughs) no you lying no baby i did not no i'm so sorry oh please don't be mad at me (laughs) yeah don't hit me don't hit me (laughs) good lord what am i working with here Sorry, man. <laughs> well, guys, we've been going about an hour and uh, what's that say? Ten minutes. It's pretty good show. Yep. No, that man, we quick. appreciate the shit out of you jumping on here, especially last minute. Yeah, oh, it's been uh, fun. You know, we had some other people that wanted to be on today, but we put you first. And, uh, and now I feel important. Yeah, dude. I mean, you're just the coolest. You know, all the fours and fire guys kind of teamed up. All the judges, they wanted to come on together. We just figured you'd be better. So, um, you know, we're not having Well, see, not guys. only do I respect that decision, but I agree with it. Nobody watches <laughs> that show anyways. That's, that's, that's super awesome. Yeah, well, see, it's not a cartoon. That's why you guys wouldn't like it. <laughs> I actually, I'll watch it occasionally. Like, uh, I didn't even know that Neil uh, Maximus Knives was a contestant on there. And if I end up meeting somebody through the knife making community and I find out they were on Fortune Fire, I'll go back and watch their episode. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, they don't show the heat treating. They don't show yeah, well, like d- all the really important stuff. Dave Baker's the one who does all their heat treating. Really? Yeah. Dave Baker himself, heat treats every knife. They don't even allow them to heat treat their own blades anymore? No, they never have. They huh. they quench it, but the whole tippering process and all that stuff's done by uh, Dave Baker. What in like an oven? Yeah. Is yeah. that like a safety thing? So when he's chopping into a fucking leg bone, he doesn't shatter a blade and get it stuck in his face. Oh, I've still seen some shatter. That's for sure. Mm. But uh, I watched one episode where a guy made this huge claymore sword and it bent, like wrapped it around the pig they were trying to cut in half. Yeah, that sucker was so flexible. I was insane. Yeah. I saw one that uh, Jason Knight was on it at that point in time can't remember the knife but they had like uh i want to say it was three cow femur bones 
and he's just wailing on them. You know what I mean? Oh, just, it's brutal. And he picked up one of the blades, and oh. he did his humongous Jason Knight chop. The knife went straight through all three bones at once in one swing. And he hit it, and he went all the way through and went to draw back again and realized, like, all these bones are cut, and he stopped. He was like, wow, one chop. Damn. <laughs> you that, win. That guy won. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I won't lie. I like that show. I watch it. You know, it's it's probably what got me into making knives. So I know people people like it. People don't like it. You know, whatever. It's it's fun. It's a, everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. I I like it. You know, that's when I uh, suddenly didn't have anything to do at uh, the start of 2020. You know, I've been watching Forge and Fire. And it's like, well, shoot, I'm just gonna go build a forge. Yeah, I mean, it's and a fun show. The knife purists probably don't like it because it's edited so heavily yeah but i mean hell it's fun to watch you know what i mean i Good like competition it. yeah i enjoy it i, love I was a little surprised uh walter sorrels got knocked out in the first round there's been a lot of heavy he hitters on. yeah there's been a lot of heavy hitters that didn't make it and it's due to these wild ass parameters and time limits and you know or stuff just goes wrong you know i mean you're, you're talking about stuff that you normally take your time and make sure everything's right. all smooth and perfect and clean and you're jam packing it into three hours or whatever. And it's like, yeah, mistakes are going to happen. Exactly. There's been some amazing bladesmiths on there that, you know, I, I follow before I even see them on there and you expect them to do well and they get knocked out in the first round. And you're like, what? Yep. Pretty much. So, but that's the nature of the competition. Which, that's why it's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. I, w- I won't lie and say that I wouldn't go on if they asked me to, that's for sure. I mean, See, I don't know. I've been asked, and I won't go on because I don't forge. Like, it doesn't make any – it wouldn't make sense oh, for me yeah. to go on it. Well, yeah, I mean, me me also. But if I was forging and they asked me to go on, I think I would have to. I would. I mean, I mean if I had a feeling that I could make it till at least third place, then I'd definitely go. But I, I will not go and be the first guy off. You know, somebody's got to be the first guy off, and it still could happen, even if you're sure. the best. But I can forge in a tip on a blade, and I can kind of set like a, a handle. I don't know how to forge a bevel. You know what I mean? I don't know how to forge a distal taper. I just never have done those things before. So there's no way I'd put myself on TV, you know, not knowing those things. Well, I, I, go ahead. I still think Pickle should do it. Dude, I could... I could get pickle on that show in a heartbeat and he just, he will not do it. Of course. I don't know. Do they cross the border? I don't know if I've ever seen any Canadians on there. Now that I'm thinking oh, about it, I think that's it's a good point. Always been I don't think mess. I have. I mean, obviously it's not like know. overseas like Europe and stuff, but I don't know if they have ever been to Canada. Dennis Tyrell said he's been trying to get on and hasn't heard back from him. Is and I Canadian? think B, B cone said he was thinking about going on. <laughs> So, may, I wonder if B. Cone would bring his own camera crew. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's fine, guys. I brought my own videographer. <laughs> we is, love you, B. Cone. This is my guy, We're Kyle. Just kidding. We're going to forge an offset serrated knife. B. Cone is awesome. I hope I win that offset serrated knife. Oh, yeah, he's drawing that tonight, isn't he? Uh, I think tomorrow. Oh, no, that is tonight. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Seven our time, so two and a half more hours. 
sweet. I was really hoping I was going to win that Dennis, not Dennis Trail. Uh, sorry. Um, this is my my brain where it just goes foggy. Um, Gentry, um, Matt Gentry, his his uh, waffle he just did with that magnet cut knife. Mm-hmm. Did you see that thing? No. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, he, he did like a 24-hour raffle on it, and it had like these cool um, like red fade to black scales that he segmented. It's freaking sweet. Some of his blades are really nice. I uh, I want to play with some Magna Cut, but I just can't swing $70 for one chef's knife worth of steel. That does seem excessive. Doesn't it? I know it's like a new thing, and that's why the price is so high, and eventually it'll go down, but... Well, when it first came out, I don't think it was that high. I think it's just the demand that is that has driven it that high. Yeah, yeah. You got to think but, too, though. Like Pickle always says, you know, if you can sell the blade, well, of course you can sell the blade. But like my chef's knives, they average four to five hundred dollars. I can't add that much more money just because of the type of steel it is. When the people who are used to buying my blades, they know what the normal price is. You know what I mean? And Seventy dollars isn't a ton to add, but at the same time, it just it seems like a lot for what the general public wouldn't really understand. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I get a lot of funny looks when I try and like explain blade steels to customers. Yeah, you know they're like, "Well, what'll hold an edge for a long time? Well, this will, but it'll rust, so you'll have to take care of it." Oh, well, I don't want to take care of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you get stainless. And you'll have to sharpen it more often, not by a whole bunch, but. You know, um, it's just different characteristics, and they just look at me like I have three heads. They hear stainless, don't have to take care of it. That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I haven't really tried as hard to get into stainless. I mean, initially when I first started doing it, I was like, oh, man, I want to start doing stainless. That's going to be awesome. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, first of all, I have to get an oven and everything, and that's going to be a big investment. Yeah. And then just the fact that, that's pretty much all that I'll be doing probably because that's what people are going to want. And I don't really want to do that. You know, the, the forging is the drug for me. You know, that's the whole reason why I, I started it and I kept doing it is just because of how much, how much I, I get out of the forging process. You know, that's my favorite part. That's what, um, you know, gives me the dopamine that I need to, to keep doing it, you know, and it's the rest of it is, uh, you know, I just sell knives to, to fund my forging habit is all. Yeah. Um, the dopamine uh, release for me is in the flow state of grinding. It's in the process. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the, I think that's why I like doing chef knives because it's a, it's a longer, more sustained grind. You know what I mean? It's like almost like painting. I don't know. Yeah. That's, no, I get that's, that. that's where I get the, is from that, that state your mind gets into that ultimate focus. Um, and then you like I get super pissed when I fuck a blade up, like super pissed. Even if it's like a little tiny imperfection I can fix, I'm like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" And, but, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm a harsh critic of myself as well. You know, it's it's something that I've never really done anything like this before, and so I I just focus. It, it, it's a hyper focus is what it is. And it's, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, you, you know what you can do, you know what you're capable of doing. And if you fall short of that, then it's completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other part, you know, speaking of the, the whole grinding thing is the other part that I really enjoy is just the, the etching, you know, and I have a lot of fun with the 
Damascus and the sand mines and stuff and just being able to dip into the acid and, and just watch it change. You know, that's a really cool thing for me as well. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like watching pressure washer videos on YouTube yeah. where they're cleaning off sidewalks or something. Yeah. There's, so, there's something relaxing about it. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of stainless because I don't want to hear six months down the road, your blade rusted. It's a piece of shit, whatever. You know what I mean? And I really enjoy grinding stainless. Like it just, it feels different to me. I know like pickle and I have had this debate, but he says that it doesn't feel any different than 1095, but I think it does. You know, it's a, it's a finer grain structure because it's a crucible steel and not, and not like a traditional steel. Um, well, I've done like some stainless sand mice in 410 and, um, Three oh no, not four ten is a hardenable stainless. What is the is it five? I can't remember. Anyways, and then the four forty C. No, yeah. See, that's a hardenable steel. So four ten is the soft stuff that I use for um, for jackets. And mm-hmm. then I did one out of three oh four, and I mean, the difference between grinding them is you. It's huge. Uh, I mean, between grinding carbon steel and grinding one of those, it's crazy what the difference is. It just feels so more. It feels slipperier. And it it just has such a higher what feels like a wear resistance as you're as you're grinding it. Yeah, I de- I described it one day to pickle when I was doing my grind diamond grinds as crispy. You get it feels like you get a nice crisper line. You know what I mean? Then, but maybe it's just me. I, I I don't know. I just like it. I mean, eventually I'll be delving into other steels. I've been doing like a lot of AEBL, a lot of AEBL because being honest it's the cheapest supplies to order you know what i mean sure um uh, like a bar aebl a four foot eighth inch thick by two inch wide for chef's knives is like 40 bucks if i were to get that same bar in nitro v or cpm or any of the cpm steels you know i'd be upwards of 70 to 100 dollars. you know um but eventually obviously or if somebody requested it you know if you're going to pay for it i'll order the steel right now yeah uh, but yeah, and it's just all those things you just you have to factor in, you know. And early on, when I started selling knives, I started trying to factor in all the different prices and everything. And then, you know, what I can charge for my labor on top of that is, you know, for me, it's fairly ambiguous. You know, it's it's just because I this isn't my full time gig like it is for Jason. You know, right. so it's like more. It has more to do with what can what can I charge up above my my expenses and, and still have people comfortable with buying it rather than what do I need out of it, you know? Yeah, it's that balance between what can you charge and what should you charge. Right. And, like, I mean, on on a full-size chef knife, I probably am paying myself $5 an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? After materials and abrasives and everything. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I, I factor that in. I factor in propane, um, you know, other other little things that you don't think about, but you're constantly ordering, whether it's pin stock, handle material. I spend a lot of money on handle material. Um, Dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, my wife says I have a problem, but I, I see, you know, when somebody starts, you know, doing a, a drop of all their different, you know, stabilized woods, I have to look at each and every one of them, and sometimes I just can't resist saying i want that i bought six blocks the other day i and i was like oh this is gonna hurt send (laughs) but you know i mean once you get into them the highly figured beautiful dyed stabilized woods are like 
like I've got some ancient bog oak on the way and I'm like, you just can't, you can't go back to the, uh, it's curly maple, you know, <laughs> not stabilized. It's just, you know, yeah. Well, and one thing that I, I learned early on is that I do not want to try and buy less expensive stabilized wood. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I tried getting some cheaper stuff once and I'm never going to do that again. You know, I, I pretty much exclusively at this point will only buy from people that have their stabilizing done by K&G. Yeah, Rob's Wildwood is just about the only place I buy from. I pick up some other blocks here and there. You know, if I see something from someone I've heard of or ordered from right. in the past, if it's just like mind-blowing, right, you know, got to have it type deal. But for the most part, Rob is where I get all of my wood. I mean, Rob's a good guy, too. Yeah, he's like cool. That, he's, he's, he's cool. cool. I've been using TRH Creations. Never heard. Never of even heard of that. Yeah, check them out on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, because I need another wood supplier for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rob's very. Uh, he's tall in the too. U.S. I can't remember where he's out of. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. I think it's Texas. Rob's in Texas. Rob's in Texas. Mm-hmm. TRH. I wonder. Oh, I can't remember what his real name is. He might not want me to say it on the podcast because he's kind of. Like that's why he uses a pseudonym, I guess is what you would call it. Oh, yeah, but that's understandable. Yeah, yeah I like I like uh, Rob's got really really good stuff. Yeah. And then um, my other main guy that I buy from is uh, Fleming uh, Fleming Fleming Life, Wood yeah. Supply. Yeah, something like that. Jarrett Fleming, mm-hmm. he's got some really great stuff, and it's all K and G stabilized, and all of his stuff has been super quality. The K and G stuff just smells different. Then it stuff does. that's had that cactus yeah. juice, it just smells different. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Are they using cactus juice? No. No? No. no I, use- I don't know exactly what they use, but they also do uh, pressure treating rather than vacuum. Right, yeah. Yep, that's cool. And it's, I mean, you can you can hold a piece of KNG, and it could be the same type of wood, and hold something stabilized, you know, professionally stabilized by somebody else, and you can feel the weight difference. Big time. Yeah. So that's pretty much all I'm going to use from now on. You know, it's, um, there's a couple other guys that have some Koa wood and stuff like, uh, Kieran's Koa. Like he's got some pretty amazing Koa stuff that I'll buy from time to time. Um, but again, it's KNG stabilized. So I know what's good. You know, I'm okay paying a higher price for that. Right. Cause I know that the product is going to be quality. I really like shiny stuff. So if, if you got something that's got some good chatoyance in it, I know it's going to polish up good. Oh, yeah. I got some micarta that polishes up pretty nice. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Is that the same stuff that I have? Did I send you some? You did, yeah. Oh, yep, same stuff. I, I haven't got, touched it. I got some, too. I no, haven't touched it yet. <laughs> nobody except for uh, Brigham Kendall's used it, well, which it, is fine. At least it's your cool. stuff is laying around all of our shops, and when we see it, we're like, that's Stuff Ryan and, sent me. We yeah, and I threw you. a sticker in everybody's box. So Yep. I got your sticker yep. up on my cabinet. And it's not like I paid for it. I don't think stuff. I got a sticker. Oh, Ooh. sorry, buddy. But it's not like I paid for it, you know what I mean? So I'm not Yeah. It's I've I've probably still got two hundred and fifty pounds of it. That's insane. Yeah. Just chilling in a block in my corner. I wanna make some I'm g i am I wanna do like a a full full handle out of it, but I also want to chop it up and, and do like some segmented scales out of it because I've been really enjoying doing some segmented scales lately. I've been using it for spacers a lot because it yeah. looks cool. So you get that nice like fabric line 
mm-hmm. in, the sp- in the spacer. Just add uh, some textural qualities to the look of it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, cool story. That was guys. a good one. Let's yeah. wrap this thing up. <laughs> no, Jason's bored. Well, no, 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 I'm not bored at all. We could go on for hours, but uh, got shit to do. So, with that being said, Noah, thanks again for coming on here with us, man. Absolutely, thank it's you. Been a fun one, and um, we will see you again next week. Maybe Pickle will be here. Maybe he won't. Who knows? It's a mystery. See you next time, guys. Take it easy. Bye. Keep on hustling and keep on grinding. That's all, folks. That was a good one.